Today on the Zabecast, why self-driving cars are still a long way away. Some things even I haven't thought of. The reading of the list of websites. You've gone to many of them, and I'm sure you deny going to the rest. Andy Poland joins me for day two recap of the Super Bowl, and we ponder the question, why can't anybody copy the Patriots? All of that, plus Florida woman, makes news for pork chop violence. Bonus Zabe is locked and loaded, so buckle up and let's go. Tuesday, February 5th, 2019. Thank you for downloading. Let me start with this. I said on the Friday Premium Zabecast, and by the way, Premium continues now that football is over. We are considering doing a Zabe Five Ways Friday. Five different, unique, probably non-sports related guests to just spread our wings a bit. Maybe technology, maybe gadgets, maybe music, maybe politics, maybe science. Who knows? Thinking about it. You can still subscribe. You should still subscribe. I appreciate everyone who does subscribe. But uh, I got an email that said, you know, I really wish, Sabia hadn't told us, premium subscribers, that you are too cheap to pay for software that you use to record Mr. X. And I said, all right, I get it. I get it. That did kind of come off badly. Here I am asking for your hard-earned $5 a month. And I'm too cheap to pay 40 bucks for the full version of Audio Hijack. I, I actually, believe it or not, wrestled with this in my head. Because the way that the program Audio Hijack, and it's a great piece of software. If you're wondering, well, I'd like to record some things off of the internet, but I don't know how to do it, and do I need cables or whatever? Audio Hijack is the best program I've seen for this because you can set it to record any different way audio that comes off of your computer. The only thing is the trial version or the freeware version has a 10-minute limit. So if you're recording short clips like I do, once you get 10 minutes, it lays down a hiss. And then you have to close the program out and reopen it, and it lets you continue to use the program as long as you don't record for more than 10 minutes. And so I thought, am I kind of cheating them on this? Because I use it all the time. And I know that they want you to pay for the software, but they haven't set it up so that it's hard to circumvent their 10-minute limit. All you got to do is close the program out, open it back up again, and away you go. And I guess in the end, I decided they can make their restrictions on their software anything they want. They could have crippled it at two minutes. And if they did cripple it at two minutes contiguous recording, I would likely have bought it already because a lot of times I like to record three five-minute clips. Like if I pull a song for use on my podcast, I will usually just go to YouTube, hit play, hit audio hijack, record, three and a half, four, five minutes, boom, way I'm done. So I figured, well, they're the ones designing the software. And I've used free software in which the restrictions are more onerous, that you download a trial copy and then once the 30 days is up, You can't just re-download it. You have to put in your email. They they put roadblocks up to try to make you pay the product, pay for the full product. But I probably should pay these good people at Audio Hijack. Let me go right here, uh, trial mode. I'm going to click on that button. Uh, Yeah, Uh, purchase Audio Hijack. Okay, here we go. Uh, $59.00. American for a single user on one or more Macs. Okay, that's fair. Then there's Audio Hijack and Fission Bundle. Fission's another program they have, I guess. This is Rogue Amoeba. Strange name, great software. Uh, Ultimate Podcast Bundle. Audio Hijack, Loopback, Farago, and Fission all together, $175. 
shit, I don't even know what those other two programs are. Maybe I will buy it. So, I understand the criticism. And I will probably give Rogue Amoeba their their money. Because I've definitely used their product a lot. It's good. It's good software. Okay. Self-driving cars. Speaking of technology. I have, for a while now, said, oh, it's coming. Self-driving cars are coming. The days in which we live in a world like Blade Runner are not as far away as you think. They're already testing these self-driving cars. It's gonna happen. It's gonna change the world. It's gonna disrupt a lot of industries. And by disrupt, excuse me, not in a good way. It's gonna fuck a lot of people. But, article I'm reading right now says, not so fast, my friend. Almost as if Lee Corso were writing the article. Not so fast, my friend. Associated Press, in the world of autonomous vehicles, Pittsburgh and Silicon Valley are bustling hubs of development and testing, but ask those involved in self-driving vehicles when we might actually see them carrying passengers in every city, and you'll get an almost universal answer, not anytime soon. They say an optimistic assessment is 10 years from now. Many others say decades will be required as researchers try to conquer a number of obstacles. The vehicles themselves will debut in limited, well-mapped areas within cities and spread outward. They talk about the fatal crash in Arizona involving an Uber autonomous vehicle in March that slowed progress largely because it hurt the public perception of the safety of the vehicles. Now, the irony is it, 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 it wasn't really the autonomous vehicle's fault. A woman who I think was on drugs walked her bicycle across a darkened Arizona street, not in a crosswalk, and it was like at the last minute, and the car didn't see it. And the the, the human inside the car that was supposed to be watching to make sure the autonomous vehicle didn't hit anybody did. I mean, you've got to be... A human being, if you're not not paying attention or if you're not on drugs, you'll see headlights coming at you and your instincts will kick in and you'll get out of the way. You'll probably dodge the car. Or you at least look before crossing the street. But that said, that crash, that fatality, really put a big chill on the development and the uh, expansion of driverless vehicles. Of course, you know, if they say not anytime soon and then turn around and say 10 years, well, 10 years is soon. The years do fly by. Here are the problems, though, with auto-driving cars. And some of these I had not really thought of. The number one is snow and weather. That if snow is heavy enough to cover the pavement, it blocks the view of lanes that the vehicle's cameras use to find their way. Researchers have not found out a way to get around this. That's why much of the testing is done in Arizona and California where it doesn't snow. Also, heavy snow, rain, fog, sandstorms can all obstruct the view of cameras. Light beams sent out by laser sensors can bounce off snowflakes and think they're obstacles. Radar can see through the weather, but it doesn't show the shape of an object needed for computers to figure out what it is and stop the car. Said one engineer, it's like losing part of your vision. Software is currently being developed so vehicles can differentiate between real obstacles and snowflakes, rain, fog, and other conditions. Okay. Now there's this, pavement lines and curbs. Across the globe, roadway markings are vastly different, and sometimes they may not even exist. Lane lines are not standardized, and vehicles have to learn how to drive differently in each city. Sometimes there aren't any curbs to help vehicles judge lane width. For instance, in Pittsburgh's Industrial Strip District, where many self-driving vehicles are tested, the city will draw lines across the narrow lanes to mark where vehicles should stop for stop signs, but sometimes the lines are so far back and the buildings are so close to the street that autonomous cars can't see traffic around the corner on a cross street, and so they're trying to figure out how to program for that. Humans, when they come to those lines, will creep ahead and look left and right. Dealing with human drivers is a huge problem. Autonomous vehicles don't know how to navigate courtesy and rudeness. Two big things in driving. Such as recently in Pittsburgh, a a truck driver 
had double parked unloading on a street. And so when the auto-driving car came up to it, it just stopped. It didn't know what to do. It didn't know whether to try to go around the double-parked delivery truck. The car had no idea what was going on. Whereas a human will go, ah, this fucking truck driver, asshole, double-parked unloading. I'll just wait for traffic, and then I'll ease around it. You can get software pretty good. It's going to be hard to get software that can decipher those sort of situations. Said one uh, researcher, even if the car might eventually figure something out, it's a shared space, and it's socially unacceptable to block traffic. (laughs) I can imagine people laying on the horn behind this auto-driving car that is too polite to go around the double-parked truck that is unloading. Also, and I hadn't thought about this, humans make eye contact with other drivers. Even subtle eye contact, just fleeting, subtle eye contact to make sure they're looking in the right direction. Something still being developed for autonomous vehicles. Yes, oftentimes at a four-way stop. You arrive at the same time as another car and you look over at the other person. You might make a quick hand gesture like, go ahead, go ahead, my good sir. My fine madam, please, after you ladies first. Or you may make a gesture like, fuck you. I can't wait for the uh, software that deciphers the New Jersey salute. (laughs) The big fuck you. Also, add to that the antagonism that some people now feel towards robots. Arizona Republic reports that in December, Chandler, Arizona police have documented at least 21 cases where a man where a human being has messed with, harassed or damaged autonomous test vehicles including a man waving a gun at one self-driving van. Other people slash tires, some through rocks. How are you going to deal with that? And then the big one, left turns. Deciding when to turn left in front of oncoming traffic without a green arrow is one of the most difficult tasks for human drivers and one that causes many crashes. Autonomous vehicles have the same trouble. How fast is that person going? How much time do I have? Is there somebody who is sort of blocking my turn once I get into the oncoming traffic? Am I going to be sticking out and get hit? So maybe 10 years. Maybe 20. It's going to happen in my lifetime, but it's a bit more difficult than I thought. The reading of the websites. Top-ranked websites. I know this is not news. It's out there, but I first time I've ever seen this list. Number one website in the world, Google. Shocker. Number two website in the world, Facebook. Number three website in the world, YouTube. Number four website, Amazon. I think this might be, this is U.S. rankings. U.S. rankings, not world. Google one, Facebook two, YouTube three, Amazon four, Yahoo five. Son of a bitch. Yahoo is still five. Amazing. They should still have a sports radio network. Nah, never mind. Number six, though. Here comes the porn. Pornhub.com. I don't know what you're talking about, Zabe. Never been there. Number seven, xvideos.com. Number eight, xnxx.com. Porn. Six, seven, and eight. Bing, bang, boom. eBay is nine. Where's my soundbite? Should have queued it up. Damn you, eBay! <laughs> Twitter is 10, Instagram 11, Wikipedia 12, Reddit 13, Craigslist 14, Bing.com 15, Live.com 16, oh, another porn site, XHamster.com 17, Netflix 18, AmpProject.org, never been there, Computer and Electronics software. Pinterest, 20. Chase.com, banking, 21. LinkedIn, 22. Walmart, CNN, office.com, indeed.com, PayPal, msn.com, 
Zillow, Fox News, AccuWeather, Chatterbait32, IMDb33, ESPN34, DuckDuckGo.com, Internet and Telecom Search Engine, 35, Xfinity, Imgur, Wells Fargo, Intuit, Bank of America, Weather.com, Yelp, Drudge Report, Microsoft Online, News.Google, ATT.net, Tumblr.com, PCH.com, Twitch TV, and then AOL, your top 50. The reading of the websites. Interesting. Which ones have I not been to? Well, of course, all the adult ones. I can say with confidence I've never been to Chatterbait. And you, do you need me to explain what that is? No, you don't need me to explain what that is. A number of these business ones I haven't been to. If you have a recommendation like, oh, Zabe, I can't believe you're not on DuckDuckGo. Use that instead of Google. It's better because of this, that, or whatever. I can't believe you haven't been to AmpProject.org. Give me recommendations if you got them. All right, time for Andy Poland. Let's go ahead and recap day two. There's always good stuff that shakes out the day after the Super Bowl. I will hear, uh, let's, let's just call Andy. We'll see what he's got to say tonight. Hey. Well, well, well. The football season is over. Such yeah. sadness. Yeah. Such sadness. Yeah. <laughs> How'd you like the Super Bowl, Andy? Well, it was um, it was on, and <laughs> it was uh, on. and we got to see the Patriots win another one. You know what? You know what really stuck out at me was the post game. In all the ones we watched with the Patriots winning, this is the first one where you saw both Bill Belichick and Tom Brady with a child in their hands, and I think that was a middle finger to the rest of the league to say, you know how long we've been doing this. We've we have kids. Raised, yeah, but that's a, that's a grandchild for Belichick. Sure. So we, we've gone from Tom Brady, single, dating supermodels, to now family man, daughter yeah. growing up, his son. We showed him. He looks like he's almost a teenager. And Belichick's got a grandchild as if to say, we're not going away. We're, we're, we're here. We're, we're not going to leave. Yeah, I think it's also just the unfortunate trend of making sports daycare. Yeah. And I, I for one, truly resent the kidification of post-game interviews because, to me, it's not a genuine thing like, oh, I want to enjoy this with my family. It is a conspicuous pimping of your own children as props. Yeah, yeah. Although this was not the formal news conference. This was more of the celebration with the no, confetti still. And they, bring, and they bring them up on the set. Yeah. And yeah. they get so, interviewed with them. And all the while I'm saying, oh, you have kids. That's great. So do I. <laughs> and, and, yeah. I and I know that the NFL players want you to know at home, hey, we're real people. You know, we play this incredible gladiator game. And there's a yeah. perception that we're, we're a motorcycle gang. But we've got family just like you do. And look at my kid. Oh, there's a kid. I know it plays great with the women. I'm, I'm sure. And also with Brady's daughter, who looks like she's six, eight, whatever she is, yeah. uh, it, the Super Bowl has become like the company picnic. Like, yes, <laughs> they go every year. Yeah, yeah. So so where's Daddy going? Oh, we're having it in Atlanta. Well, that's great. And then Daddy, at the end, gets to go up on the stage, and there's confetti. And most of the time, they hand him an extra trophy. But this year, they gave it to Uncle Julian. So <laughs> <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> Although you did see the photo of that of his daughter with her reflection in the Lombardi, right? It was gorgeous. It was That's, absolutely, yeah. It looks Photoshopped. It looks yeah, it so perfect. Like, I had no idea that the Lombardi Trophy, without all the smudge prints on it, could be a perfect mirror, basically, at the right yeah. angle. Well, you noticed uh, that Emmett Smith was wearing white gloves when he was carrying it. It's yes. Just to make sure that only the fingerprints of the Super Bowl champions got on it. Right, right. That the handlers do have the white gloves, and they do bring mm -hmm. out former Super Bowl greats to do it. And mm -hmm. yeah, you know, here's the big thing about the Patriots. And this is what my buddy Cowboy Mike, who he and his lovely girl Janice picked me up at the airport because they live 
five minutes from Dulles. Oh, this nice. Is, by the way, this is how nice Cowboy Mike and his girl Janice are. I tell them, I usually say, can I park my car at your condo in Ashburn and just get an Uber to, to Dulles while I go away mm-hmm. on a trip? They say, no, 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 we'll take you to the airport. Nice. Not only, I left on Tuesday, or no, I left on Monday night to avoid the weather, and I had to change my flight to leave out a national. And I said to Janice, I said, I'll just park at your house because I'm coming back to Dulles, but I'm going to Uber it down to National Airport. For those that are not listening in the D.C. area, that's probably a good 20 mile. What is it? Dulles to National. 15 miles? It's half an hour. Yeah, it's got to be because you got the access road and then you've got to hit the George yeah. Washington Parkway. So that's 15. Yeah, it's, it's 30 minutes to depending on traffic. Yeah. 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 Janice is like, no, no, I insist on taking you. And so when they picked me up today, they picked me up in two cars so that I wouldn't have to drive five minutes out of the way with them back to their house to get my car. I mean, how, how nice are these people, Andy? And how do you pay them back for this? I do something. I get them free golf. I invite okay. Mike to play free golf with me quite a bit, and they come up to Wisconsin with me. And so, yeah, I, they, okay. yeah, but they they would do it anyway, just because we're friends, and just because they work out of home, and they, you know, they don't have anything else to do during the middle of the day. So, Cowboy Mike today picking me up at the airport. I said, "So, what do you think of the Super Bowl?" And he just shakes his head. You know, he's a Cowboy fan, so he's just <laughs> sick of not winning this either, like we are, Andy. Mm-hmm. And he shakes his head and he says in his own very insightful but very dry humor way, he said, it's a copycat league, but nobody can copy what the Patriots are doing. Why is that? Yeah, well, they... they so they that's already... my question to you, Andy. In a copycat league, why hasn't ever anybody copied what the Patriots are doing? Because the Patriots don't do one thing. All you hear during a Redskins season is, oh, yeah, that guy could fit Jay's system. What is Belichick's system? The system changes depending on what players he has, depending on what game he's playing. They came out in the game last night in a zone. They hadn't done that almost, before. Almost all zone, all game. They played quarters coverage, according to uh, Andy Benoit, who yeah. you know, Andy, right? I've met him, yeah. Andy's great. Andy was talking to us on, on Radio Row about how – listen. I heard, I heard the segment. Yeah, he said I watched, I watched a lot of film with Sean McVay. Yeah, and I said, whoa, whoa, time out. He's like, yeah, when he was with the Redskins, he would, he would let me watch film with him. And I said, how does an NFL coach, even a young guy like him who was just tight ends coach at the time, mm-hmm. how does he have the time, and why would he just, you know, teach a a, a writer? Like, here's what these coverages look like. Here's how we coach players up. And Andy's answer was he thinks that coaches like doing that because it helps create a slightly more informed NFL media, which, as you and I know, Andy, is quite often content to be lazy, mouthy, and full of hot takes that are completely fucking wrong. Yes, but what it's also created is a lot of guys talking out of their ear. Guys who hang around. <laughs> who think they point. know. Yeah, yeah, and, and to pick up some terminology and spread it around like right. fertilizer, making you believe that they actually understand all these concepts when they just have a very surface knowledge of it. The other thing I would say about the watching of the film, what's really changed, and if you've seen some of these NFL films features, and I know they did one on Joe Gibbs, where you see him at the actual projector, running the film back and forth now that everything's available on the internet it makes the access to the film much easier so if you wanted to watch film with coach gibbs you'd have to go into the actual film room and watch the one canister that they had (laughs) right 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 so it's it's much more accessible now and i think that there are guys maybe some of these guys want to show off to a degree too like hey Look how much I've mastered this concept. Let me right. show you this. Yeah. Although I, I think in the case of Andy, and he's a very nice, very proper, very professional. I think he's Canadian, which mm-hmm. maybe says a lot right there. Really, really nice guy. I think he does it just because he has a passion for the game and he wants to do his job as best as he can. He is not one of these guys that walks around pretending like he knows all this about football. Yeah, yeah, I like that. Yeah, yeah. he's And he, he's a big J guy too, isn't he? Yeah, in fact, I told him, I said, you know, Andy, you're like our our Gruden whisperer. 
because because yeah. you have really known Jay, and he said yes, he knows Jay from back in the day in Cincinnati. But it, it was interesting because you know Benoit wrote that that they played quarters coverage, which the Patriots hadn't shown hardly at all mm-hmm. all year, and that Goff and McVeigh were kind of flummoxed by it. Right. And right. and and what, for those that are quick to then rip Sean McVeigh, like you had no backup plan, you didn't think you'd do that. Uh, Benoit went on to explain in his post-game column on MMQB, he said the other thing that they did was they played a lot of 6-1 fronts where they took their outside linebackers, moved them up to the line of scrimmage, and took away the edges on their running game. And so he talked about Andy Benoit marrying their front with their coverage, and it took that marriage and it took everybody doing it right for it to actually work. Right. So, yeah. Yeah. And it takes smart players too. Like another thing was they, they, the Patriots flipped one of their corners, I think Johnson, and they said, play safety. He hadn't played safety a game in his life as a pro. (laughs) How about that, Andy? Troy Brown, in the receiver. Right. They needed a corner. They made Troy Brown a corner. In, it's, it's yeah. It's in not a that Super Bowl, in a Super. But here's the thing, and, and another writer I think said basically that the reason that Belichick is has been successful is that he values smart players over necessarily the more physically gifted players. Yeah. That he yeah, wants well, guys that are smart that you can sure. say with two weeks to prepare for the biggest game of your life, we're going to play you at safety, but don't worry. We trust that you can figure it out. Well, look at what they did with Edelman. They said, a Kent State quarterback, Belichick says, I don't know what position we're going to use you at, but you're a football player. I want you. And yeah. he made him into a, a wide receiver. And he also went through the redshirt program. He didn't play much the first couple of years. Exactly. And, and now he's ready to go. Wes Welker's gone. Boom. Here's, a, here's another one just like him. Send him right. out of the field. The three yeah. things that I wish are woeful – franchise would do just a tiny bit better not even close they can't be close to what the Patriots do the Patriots Andy find guys they develop guys and then they know how to use guys it's a three-step process you know who apparently tipped off Belichick to uh to a you know to uh, Edelman at Kent State Rick Rick Goslin yeah you saw that yeah. Rick Goslin and and yeah. Belichick gave credit to Rick Goslin for saying, "Yeah, he tipped me off to Edelman." So, they had to find him first. They take him in the 7th round. They then develop him, develop him as you said as in a redshirt program to Welker. And then they figure out how to use him. Mm-hmm. And they use him so effectively. This talk of him being a Hall of Famer is I think a bit overcooked cuz his numbers aren't there, but yeah. I would put Edelman in the Hall of Awesome. Mm-hmm. Because what team wouldn't want a guy like that, right? Yeah. Well, it seems. I mean, the Cowboys have developed a couple of them, and the Redskins had a guy this year, Mister Irrelevant, who was on the field Trey for Quinn. two minutes. Yeah, yeah. Trey Quinn. He, he can't stay healthy, but the, the the few minutes he was on the field, he looks like one of those guys. But they have more. If they need another one, they get another one. I, I call uh, those guys white whipwap wide receivers, where they're yeah. they're they're small. They have insanely good hands. You're going to use them on intermediate routes, 10, 15 yards, 20 at most, and they're just going to shake dudes and catch everything like a dog with a Frisbee. Yeah. Right. Beasley yeah. Beasley popped off because Beasley's a free agent and he's apparently going to test the waters and go elsewhere. Beasley, as soon as the season was over, said, you know what? Where you were drafted dictates usage. And he felt he didn't get enough targets. Huh. Cole well. Beasley. Yeah, well, that's that would well, be Dallas, but but that that could also be knocking yeah. on the Patriots' door. Uh, I see you're hiring small white receivers. Uh, could I apply, please? So why can't other franchises institute the Patriot way, even though they I, don't have Brady and they don't have Belichick? I, I don't think. First of all, there's no guy who's really gone from the Belichick system to do this. Like Josh McDaniels was supposed to be Belichick right. light. Uh man genius never never really panned out. Right. So it's not like and this is what's happened already in in 
before the Super Bowl that everybody wanted to hire a Sean McVay clone. Oh, look what he did. Look what he did. Well, look how he can be stopped by this one guy. Yeah. <laughs> how, how many how many teams are, are now having buyer's remorse over getting a Sean McVay clone? Well, I still think, you know, that it's a good system and these guys have grown up. That's another thing about, about the film study. These guys have grown up with film. This this is like no, they've you know, grown up. No, they've grown up with iPads. Yeah, but I mean, they've watching... grown up with they've grown up with digital yeah. iPad sortable plays. That's the big thing in football is that now in the digital age, you can say, "Give me every right. second down and four or greater for Team X in the red zone." On the road, and with one button, Andy, there's 26 plays you can look at to find out tendencies. So so Belichick, whose dad, Steve, was in charge of advanced scouting for the next team that Navy would play, he was an only child, so he's very close to his dad, and he would sit and watch film with them. So that's that generation. The next generation has all of this available because of the coach's film being on the Internet. So they're growing up watching it, and they're taking it to the next step. Yeah. And Jay really isn't in that. You know, Jay's dad was a coach, I know, but I, I don't think he's he's quite like those guys. Yeah. That said, I mean, it's a 3-3 game with seven minutes left. Right. I mean, it, it really was a coin flip game, and the Rams had two touchdowns knocked out of the hands of Brandon Cooks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. In, I, including the one, by the way, I mentioned this yesterday on the podcast. I said that one – going to the right on your TV, if the rule was what Saints fans want where you can challenge non-called PIs, can you imagine that? Because if you watch the replay, it's I think close. it was I think it was Gilmore grabbed his arm at the last second. Yeah. It Did wasn't you see that? as blatant. It wasn't as blatant as the Saints game. But yeah, right. it, so, it, it could have gone that way. So how would you call that then if it was reviewable? I don't know. I don't know. Uh, and, and again, it's got to be irrefutable evidence to turn it over, right? Well, what did you think? I, I didn't think it was close enough to call it. Interesting. I thought yeah. he clearly grabbed his hand, grabbed his arm a split second before the ball arrived, and I think it clearly affected his ability to catch it. Maybe. But, but do I look at the ball? But, right. But do I want to determine the outcome of the Super Bowl in a video booth looking at a replay for five minutes? Well, I think if you're going to have the technology, you got to use it, and you got to use it properly. Oh, and uh, like, look, I, I I watched I watched Belichick <laughs> yesterday with he did a sit down with Phil Sims and Bill Cower, and he said we're not asking for more challenges here. We just want to be able to challenge more plays. I don't think it's so bad. He said you t- so. So they want to do okay. So they want to be able to challenge three things a game. Well, yeah, I mean, Belichick is saying if, if if he's in the situation that the Saints were in, with the timeout still available, that he would he would be able to risk it in that situation to try and get that play overturned. That's all he's asked for. I don't want another timeout. I got the wild use the one I have. I just want to be able to challenge a play that at the moment is not challengeable. Okay. Again, once you give coaches three challenges a game on anything they want. They're gonna they're gonna have a fourth call that is egregious that they're out of challenges for. Well, and, I mean that that could be people are gonna complain and they're gonna bellyache and they're gonna throw their hands in the mm-hmm. air and then they're gonna say, Well, we need to go to five. <laughs> it's, it's always your move. It's what not my move. Want? This is what else do you want? Because what look do people want. <laughs> well, okay. <laughs> when they when they instituted replay, yeah. did anyone at the time say well, eventually it's going to go to this, this, and this, and we're going to have a, a guy in New York calling the entire league for consistency's sake, and then we're going to have all no. these rules and addendums. Did anyone say that? No. No. They the, didn't. The technology wasn't there. The, the original replay had no challenges. It was just up to the up to the being challenged or not, being overturned or not. There were no challenges. Yeah. Challenges came in the second go-round. Well, and the, the thing is, you know, when we grew up watching games on TV – you might have five cameras at a game. Five. Right. Now there's 20. And mm-hmm. standard definition was such that you really couldn't tell on a lot no, of you plays. Couldn't. No, the, the the movement of the ball, there's a Bruder film looking of whether the ball moved a quarter of a millimeter right. before he went out of bounds. That's all HD. 
all all new. Right. The old standard definition is six forty by four eighty, and high def is ten eighty by uh, nine twenty. Well, no, ten eighty by seven twenty. Whatever it is. That's Basically, your department. Yeah, I, <laughs> it, it's double the lines of resolution, and the frame rate has gone from thirty frames a second in standard definition for full speed to as much as two hundred and forty frames per second, which is super slow motion. Yeah. But at least there was no huge calls that affected the outcome of the game, right? No, no, there really wasn't. And it really was a it was a real butt whipping of the young whippersnapper there. But here's here's something to think about if you're looking for the Redskins to somehow get in the mix and be as close as Bruce Allen thinks they are. Oh, God. The, the last team that lost the Super Bowl and came back to win one the next year was the Miami Dolphins who got clobbered by the Cowboys in Super Bowl six did not lose until the season after the following one. They so you're talking fifth, almost 48 years ago. Understood. But was the point. last time a team lost the Super Bowl and went back to win it, which portends right. poorly for the Rams. Why? Because they lost the Super Bowl. So they, what I'm saying is they could come back and win one next year. And much like the Dolphins, that they could be a dominant team for a couple of years. So teams looking to get into the mix, the learning curve that went on, the uh, growth of a young quarterback and Jared Goff, who really understands how he can get confused in a game like that. I mean, Bob Greasy looked terrible against the Cowboys. The Cowboys made mincemeat of him. Next year, he went undefeated, beat the Redskins in the Super Bowl, won another one the following year. So yeah, the Rams Andy. could be a good you're reading that entirely wrong. You've got the telescope backwards. Do you know what you're saying? It's been I'm, 48 years since that happened. In other words, in other words, it'd be a much better bet to say the Rams don't go back next year because the Super Bowl loser hangover effect is real and it's been in play for 48 years. That's true. But what I'm saying is this is a team that has come of age in a very short period of time, and they could be a similar type of team. Or you're right. It could be if you follow what is the what is the line of what has happened to Super Bowl losers, you're right. They probably disappear. But the Buffalo Bills kept coming back. They didn't win one, but they kept coming back. Here's recent no. history. Eagles didn't make the Super Bowl this year after winning it. Or sorry, well, the Patriots. The Patriots lost last year. And they came back. So at least this year, okay, I'm, I'm breaking my own trend there. Uh, yeah. But the Falcons completely dropped off after getting after blowing that game against the Patriots. The Panthers, right. when they lost to the Broncos, last we heard of them. The Seahawks, after they choked against the Patriots, they haven't been back. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's it's a tough thing. Niners lost to the Ravens, and that was kind of the end of it for Harbaugh with Kaepernick. and San with Francisco Kaepernick. with Kaepernick. Yeah. 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 I don't know. But uh, I just think I, I still like Sean McVay. I think I do too. And I the team seems set up for a couple more years. Yeah, it really does. I mean, a young quarterback, although he was awfully bad yesterday, um, we've seen, we've seen, I uh, was given the case of greasy. I saw a lot of that in him. So we'll see. Do you, uh, do you know the odds now that they've put yeah. out the, if you see a yeah. hundred to one for the Redskins, I thought it was one fifty. Uh, depends on where you shop, but the yeah. s- the grid I saw, we're down there with the Buffalo Bills, the <laughs> Oakland Raiders, and the Arizona Cardinals. Yeah, mm. and they're not uh, they're a bad organization. They're a bad team. Uh, how do and... you think? How do you think they're going to go into this year with Bruce Allen walking around trying to sell this notion of we don't know with Alex yet. Yeah. We don't have to I... make this decision now. Well, I think they're I think they're desperately trying to trade up to get Kyler Murray. That's the only thing they can put out there to really? get anybody mildly interested. Look, they they oh, they, they were trying to get they they tried to get guys like Todd Bowles. Now, Todd Bowles would that do anything for the fan base? I don't know. But Kyler Murray, they could sell that, but the problem is is that you're selling something that you've already seen. We've seen the RG3 arc. And not that it would go this way with Kyler Murray, but why should you believe in this again? Why should you believe that this is going to happen? But you know, I, I, you know, your boy Charlie Casterly on your station yeah, said today he said he's he, a better prospect than Robert. Yeah, well, I, 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 <laughs> I, and I heard what you said uh, that Sean Salisbury said to you, and I, I, I know Sean, and I like him, 
And he said that he's really turned yeah. around on him. And he for, believes he can be a good quarterback. For the record on the podcast, I did ask Sean in the lobby of the hotel. I said, what'd you think? And he said, look, come around on him. I first, I thought he was just a runaround guy and, and mm-hmm. too small. But now that I think about it and now that I've watched him quite a bit, I think he can make it all the throws and that he might just be a faster, smaller version of Baker Mayfield. Interesting. Yeah. Since he, yeah, of course, that. followed Baker Mayfield and broke many of Baker Mayfield's single-season marks right. at Oklahoma. But the whole baseball thing is still weird. I don't know why he hasn't put both feet into his NFL career at this point. Kyler Murray, do you? He, other than I think most people are telling him, and Scott Boris is his baseball agent, the long term for you is going to be much greater in baseball, and you're not going to be drooling out of the side of your mouth when you're 40 years oh, old. Oh, please on that. You know, well, do you know how hard it is. That do you know? Have you read stories about what it's going to take for Kyler Murray to get paid eventually in baseball? That it's not please. as easy as people think. He's got five years of arbitration control to wade through from right. the time he makes the major leagues, and he may not make the major leagues. For a couple of years. I understand. But the football contract that he would sign as, say, a ninth, tenth pick would be, you know, fairly similar to the deal he's got. Also, there, there's no. No, it'll be, on... no, it'll be more than the baseball deal by a good amount. Really? It, but, yeah. But, 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 but he, he also has the leverage of football to play against baseball, too. Hey, you really want me? You're going to have to pony up. Well, I think that's what he's he's shooting for there. He's, he's trying yeah. to use leverage on that. Here's the problem. If he chooses baseball, Andy, he has to play baseball. Well, that's the thing. He's <laughs> got to decide what he loves. Yeah. Here's well, the penalty for playing baseball. You have to play baseball. Well, he, even Bo Jackson, he, he could not resist the football and had he stayed with baseball, he might be in the hall of fame. Yeah, but that was a freak accident. That was a freak injury. Well, Jammed his leg straight up into his hip socket, shattered his hip. Yeah, Just had a straight also... leg and landed on it. And, and you yeah. would think Bo, Dra- Bo Jackson was built like a brick shit house. Yeah. And if anybody would have been indestructible, it would have been him, right? Yeah, well, there's always been rumors of steroids causing that, too, that weaken the hip oh, muscle and all that. Steroids, but... really? Yeah. Yeah, but I, I don't know. Those, I, I those think... things don't work, do they? Steroids? <laughs> but but he was he was what I've seen of him as in college as a baseball player, he was awesome. You you know why he chose baseball initially, don't you? No. Oh, yeah, this was in the uh, thirty for thirty. See he was he was going going to go to the NFL and he was all set to do that. And Tampa Bay had the number one pick. And he was also playing baseball, and he liked baseball. He's hit like 500 as a senior, a bunch of home runs. And the Buck said, come on in for a physical. We'll fly in on the private plane to do that. And he said, is that a violation of NCAA rules? He said, no, 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 come on in. So he did it, and he's getting ready to play a baseball game. And his coach goes, uh, yeah, the NCAA said uh, you're ineligible the rest of the way because you took this plane ride from the Bucks to go take your physical. And so that's when he said – I'll play in the NFL, but I will not play for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And that's why he chose baseball. And then and then Al Davis got his rights from Tampa and played for the Raiders. Wow. Switching gears. Do you know that I have been sent images from somebody on Twitter that purport to be the Redskins proposal for their new stadium? Oh, really? Yeah. Would you like to hear what it is? Yeah. It's on the site of RFK which Good. is their preferred site, but it's going to be most likely the most difficult one to land mm-hmm. because of the district really wants control of that land, and they're fairly hostile. Even though the mayor is now playing like, oh, yay, Redskins, when she was earlier like, I won't say that name, it's blah, blah, mm-hmm. blah. There's other politicians that are going to fight for it, but it's it basically looks like the old cap center. It is a non-retractable roof. Right fully indoors, and it's like this big, sweeping potato chip roof. And if the images that I was sent are actually the real ones of this proposal and not some artist rendition, the moat is alive, Andy. I'm here to tell you. The moat is alive. It's not perhaps a moat you would swim in or surf in, 
But the photos I saw from this guy, my deep throat, definitely show a ring of water with footbridges surrounding what would be the new Redskins stadium. Well, the reason I would think that might happen is because Bruce Allen indicated it wouldn't. So with whatever Bruce Allen says, you go the other way. And at the combine, he was asked about that. Yes. And and he said, oh, no, that's 60 minutes thing. That's that's not the thing anymore. So how, how, I would say how bad would Bruce Allen look if they reveal these plans and there's a moat and people are like, whoa, I thought you said the moat was done. Yeah, but he, he's done so much lying already. Why, why would this one thing make him I look know. bad? He already looks bad. I know. So anyway, who knows if these are real photos or not. They were interesting. And I said, okay, well. Uh, good for me to see him. I hope I'm not violating any laws by talking about things that I saw. I have not released said images or posted said images. And mm-hmm. can I get in trouble, Andy, for just receiving images no, of a architectural so. plan the team has not yet unveiled? Yeah, I didn't even know if the guy who got a hold of him, could he get in any trouble for that? Could he? If I knew who he was, it's an anonymous Twitter account. Yeah, I mean, how did he get them, you know? And and sometimes these things, you know, the wildest things turn out to be, oh yeah, that was it. <laughs> so we may find out it is. I I would uh, I would leak the images, I'd break the news if I felt like it would get me a raise. <laughs> but I know Andy, it will not get me a raise and it has a decent chance of getting me fired. Mm, no, but you're not owned by the Redskins anymore. Right? Yeah, it doesn't mean they can't lean on us. Mm, okay. You know, know, you know, big franchises can lean on anyone in the media, and yeah, all it well, takes is one person at your company to get weak knees and say, mm-hmm. "I don't need this hassle." So just throw this guy overboard. Yeah. Look well, what look it? what happened to Adnan Verk, which, by the well, way, is amazing. Adnan Verk fired from ESPN for allegedly leaking stories about ESPN to the media. Yeah. Well. I'm told by someone who's I trust. And oh, who has, oh, that's right. That, I know that, that guy, and I won't name him either. Yeah, but I've been told by him he's a snake. This is an Adnan Verk move. Yes, that, yes. That he, that he has been. He has had loose lips with yes. the TV critics, Andrew Marchand and uh, Richard Deitch, when he was doing it for for SI, and he's constantly calling them. And he does it, I think, in a way to climb, climb the ladder right. and stab his colleagues in the back along the way. He's <laughs> appears to be very ambitious. He's, he's got, you know, he's so, the guy that told our friend, yeah, no, that'll be good for you. Yeah. A- and it was yeah. like he was just setting them up to try to get him out of the way. Exactly. That Adnan yeah. Verk was playing his career at ESPN like a game of Survivor where he's yeah. trying to form alliances and screw guys over. Yeah, now I, I, I've sensed a lot of Greenberg in him, though. To be fair to Mike, I don't think Mike has ever done anything devious. I think he's just been very careful about towing the company line and incurring favor with executives because he was so <laughs> in line with company policy. Uh, <laughs> but, but, but Adnan Verk seems to, from what I've been told, have a little bit of deviousness to him and that yeah. may have gotten him. But the other thing, and Tom Lavero said this today, he said, he said, now he's word is that Verk is going to file a lawsuit against ESPN. And Tom said there was a period of time that if you filed a lawsuit against a major media company, you were done. You were unemployable. He said, yeah. He said, that's not the case anymore. And I'll bet, I'll bet Fox executives already talked to him. Well, they, they, yeah, they like to have him. I, I think what I heard, and I'm not sure if this is true or not, I heard that ESPN demanded he turn over his cell phone. Yeah. I, I would say if any, if any employer asked that of me, I'd tell him to fuck off and I'd get fired. Like, I'm not letting my employer get into my personal cell phone and start splashing around. No yeah, way, unless, no how. Unless he signs some kind of an agreement that if management asks for it, they yes to turn it over. I don't know. I would never sign such a thing. Well, maybe he did though. He's he's. They said that they have this training that they give them every year, and a big company like that, I'm not surprised. Training on on what not to say to the media or what's confidential information, all those kinds of things. So he may have have signed up for something that says, you know, if you do this, this will happen to you. I don't know. Yeah. Well. Anyway. Uh, by the way, baseball tonight is not coming back next At year all? on ESPN. Not not regularly. I think it's still going to be one night a week. 
Oh, oh yeah. Well, I think that's what was what was leaked, and it was a it was a deal that they made with Major League Baseball, and it's good for me too because they're going to put the games on at seven instead of eight. But in exchange for agreeing to put it on earlier, they would do less baseball tonight's. How about the worldwide leader in sports, Andy, saying, "Baseball, nah, we're just not into it." Yeah, I think they're into it, but I think that see they they run it. They they used to have problems when. Sunday night baseball would bleed into football season. So that it's becomes more of a hindrance at that point. You know, they're, they're still all in on the NFL that. Well, my point though is baseball is not an unpopular sport in America. It still attracts millions and millions and millions of fans and the worldwide leader, which used to be all baseball, not all baseball all the time, but they were big time into baseball are now looking at like, nah, not very well, interesting. Part of it is that these regional networks are doing very well. I mean, the, the companies like Masson and others that televise local games. And when, when I was a kid, used to get like 20 Senators games a year on Channel 20 and some I think somewhere on Channel 9. And the baseball game of the week on NBC was a much better production. I mean, it was, it was really sure. a top, top sure. notch. Well, the, the technology now allows the regional networks to produce a product that's easily as good as anything ESPN could do. Yeah. Huh. Uh, oh, yeah, what well, was going to follow up on this? I'm not thinking very well. I've still got Atlanta hangover. Atlanta did a good job, Andy. but You liked it? They, they get, I... did a good job. The stadium was good, but I'll be honest, they got lucky on the weather because it warmed up nicely, so it was very pleasant. The yeah. last couple of days, it could have been a lot worse. I believe the rotation should be as follows. Ready? Yep. Starting out west, L.A., Vegas, Arizona, Dallas, New Orleans, Tampa, Miami, done. That's it. Dallas? Dallas gets it again after that Dallas, disaster? Yeah, but that was totally fluky. Dallas yeah. is not warm, but Dallas is fun as shit. You can admit that, right? Uh, it wasn't for me when I was there. I didn't like it, but okay. Uh, well, Jerry World is great, though, right? Yeah, oh, that's, that's a great stadium, and uh, and yes, that's a great venue to hold it. But my yeah, friends in Houston are like, "What about Houston?" I'm like, "That was good. I liked Houston." I gotta be honest. Houston as a city, I just don't understand how people can live there. It's the most massive city. It's huge. It's yeah. flat, and it goes forever. Right. And it too yeah. is not warm in February. It can be, but yeah, and it the, can be mildish. And the summers are like here; it's oh. too close to the Gulf, so it's very <laughs> humid. Oh no, the summers are worse than here. I've been told. The summers yeah. I've been told in Houston will absolutely blow your mind how hot and humid it is. Yeah, but yeah, people who, but a lot of people live in Houston. They swear by it. They'll fight you over Houston. I bet you, I get several angry emails. Defending Houston's honor as a city. <laughs> Cost of living's good, and it's a great restaurant town. A lot of great restaurants in Houston. There's restaurants everywhere, Andy. I know, but really good ones there. <laughs> There's good, the rest- good restaurants everywhere. Yeah. Come on now. Okay, uh, the halftime act was uh, panned. Oh, okay. Here's here's the thing. I resisted on Twitter ripping the halftime act because I thought I'd get blowback of, oh, you old man, shut up. Okay. But then I saw younger people ripping it, and I thought, oh, okay, maybe it's maybe it is bad. Who would you have as your halftime act? You can pick anyone, okay. any act in the world that's still alive. It doesn't okay. matter if they're not popular by today's standards. If Andy Poland were to make his favorite act be the halftime act, what would it be? I would say, Bruce, sign whatever figure you want. You've got a lifetime contract to do the halftime show. So bring Bruce Springsteen. Bring Springsteen yeah. back, even though he already did it in so the last what? 10 years. When you hear a spring, for me, when I hear a Springsteen song okay. or I hear Billy Joel's song or Elton John or Paul McCartney, I like it. And yes, they're songs I've heard before, but that's okay because I still like it. Some guy dancing with no shirt on and, uh, <laughs> and, 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 and a bunch of noise from something I've never heard of called Maroon five. I mean, you know, my father used to say about the Beatles, Oh God, that's noise. Get that out of here. But to me, when the younger people are saying it stinks, that's very comforting. So 
Get get some classic acts up there. That's what I would. I do. would uh, I would have Earth, Wind, and Fire, my That's favorite good. band of all time. Even though I think they just lost one of their co-founders recently. You mm-hmm. get a replacement. You play some Earth, Wind, and Fire. You get some extra. Uh, get some other acts, some other high-profile musicians to join them. Boom, there's a show. Who cares yeah. if their last album was put out 20 years ago? I don't care. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. I, you know, my daughter likes Billy Joel, and she's you know half my age. Billy, so I don't. Billy yeah. Joel. Yeah. When was the last? Did, did he ever do the half? I think he did it. I think he did one. Yeah. Okay. The Who? I mean, there, there's there's. Well, who? I think the Who is past. Maybe. Like you can't, you cannot roll the Rolling Stones out. You can't roll no. the Who out. Can you even roll McCartney out? McCartney did Jacksonville in 05. Right. I think, is that the most recent he's done? Yeah. Wow. Time flies. It's but I saw, him at, uh, I saw him at Nats Park in 2013, 12, something like yeah. that. He was awesome. How awesome. about you too? They did uh, the one the Patriots won, the first one, 2003. Yeah, that was great too. Yeah. I mean, it, classic acts are classic acts. And, and, you're, and it's supposed to be family entertainment. So, you know, what, what, I know they want a you younger didn't, audience. So you didn't like the shirt off? You thought that was anti-family? No, no it was stupid. It looked ridiculous. It he's looked got, like. He's got a lot of tattoos. Yeah. Adam yeah, Levine is tattooed up like he's a prison convict. Yeah. Okay. It's, it's, then they put on the HBO show Oz at halftime. You know? <laughs> <laughs> That's what you want. It wasn't for me. It's not like he was fat though. Okay. Yeah. So, so that's the saving grace. He wasn't fat. All right. What if, what if a, what if a hunky dude who had no tattoos took his shirt off? What's wrong with that? Well, that might be funny. That may, might be a Chris Farley move. Okay. The late great Chris Farley. No, I mean a hunky guy, meaning he's in good shape, not, oh, oh, not hunky chunky, guy. like yeah. a guy well, with it, like Tim Tebow. If Tim Tebow did a halftime act. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to work. I'm. I'm not saying I like looking at hunky dudes shirtless, oh. but oh, you're saying. But yeah, in general, audience. in yeah. general, a dude with a good beach body. What's the yeah. harm in that? Okay, that's fine. Okay. But it, but it, but also he was doing music or whatever it was. That he was did doing not music. Whatever. It did not do that to music, me. yo. <laughs> yeah, it didn't appeal to me. I'm sorry. All right. All right, Andy, good to talk to you as always, and uh, we'll chat next week. Hi, Zach. Hi, Zach. All right, talk to you We'll end on this today. Dateline, Florida. Florida woman. Not Florida man. Florida woman. A Florida woman is facing domestic battery charges after allegedly clobbering her boyfriend in the face with a frozen pork chop. Good. This during a dispute Friday night in their residence. Cops allege that one Jennifer Brassard, 48, and her beau were engaged in a verbal argument around 9.45 when Ms. Brassard threw a frozen pork chop at the victim. The criminal complaint notes that pork chop, chop, pork chop struck the man below the left eye, causing a half-inch laceration. Ouch. Good shot, though. Good, 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 good arm. After getting hit with a pork chop, the victim fled the couple's home. Smart. You can call him a bitch if you want. Bitch. Take a pork chop to the face from your woman? You don't stand up to that? No. Because in this day and age, that's going to be a lot more trouble than it's worth. Yep, uh, the guy left, called the police. Police came, determined that Ms. Broussard was the primary aggressor and went and arrested her. She was booked into the county jail on a misdemeanor domestic battery charge and released after posting $250, a $250 bond. Question, do you try to make up with pork chop woman if she is contrite? Secondly, do you eat the pork chop once you pick it up off the ground and it's got your bloody facial blood on it. Nah, still good. Five second rule. Here, just run that under the sink. It's fine. I'll eat it. It's a pork chop. That'll do it for today. Thanks for listening. Download, subscribe, comment, and like. Tell a couple friends. Get the Zabecast app and subscribe to Premium so you don't miss out on Fridays. Podcasts of the future. It's like Netflix for your ears. Email me with suggestions at zabe@yahoo.com. Now let's stop ripping Maroon 5, okay? Unless your garage band is better. 
and is willing to get booed off the stage for next year's Super Bowl. And we will see you next time.